Support for this podcast comes from Planned Parenthood. It's hard to imagine a world where we leave future generations with fewer rights and freedoms. Since the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, politicians in nearly every state have introduced bills aimed at blocking people from getting the essential sexual and reproductive care they need, including abortion. Planned Parenthood believes everyone deserves access to care. And with supporters like you, they can reclaim our rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit PlannedParenthood.org future to learn more and support their cause. Hi, stay tuned listeners. As many of you know, we recently launched Cafe Insider. It's a subscription service that includes the Cafe Insider podcast, co-hosted by Ann Milgram and me. Each week, we break down the news and make sense of what's happening. We are living through historic times, and many people understandably feel disoriented by the whirlwind of headlines. Our goal is to help you filter the noise and get to the core of the issues at the intersection of law and politics. From time to time, we make portions of our conversations on the Cafe Insider podcast available free to listeners. Today, we're bringing you a segment from our most recent episode. Anne and I broke down Jeff Bezos' claim that the National Enquirer and its parent company, AMI, engaged in blackmail and extortion. We also discuss acting AG Matt Whitaker's testimony, the new House Intel Committee investigation, and more. If you'd like to hear the full episode, become a member by going to cafe.com slash insider. Members get access to the Insider podcast, bonus clips from stay-tuned interviews, a weekly newsletter, and more. For many of you who have chosen to join the Insider community, thank you for supporting our work. Full episodes of Stay Tuned remain free every Thursday, and the subscription allows us to keep doing what we're doing. And now, here's a portion of our conversation on Cafe Insider. From Cafe, welcome to Cafe Insider. I'm Preet Bharara. And I'm Ian Milgram. Hi, Ian. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Did you watch the Grammys? I did. I did. Did you watch them? I didn't watch all of it, I have to say. I did. And I... um. I think they should rename it the Alicia Keys show. Yeah, she's awesome. Someone said she should be hosting everything all the time. I totally agree. And I agree also. So the Oscars she should host. She should host basically every show other than than, than the Cafe Insider. Right. Well, she could be a guest. That would be that would be pretty cool. Um, we could make the um, a section of the podcast about you know your old when because I will say watching the Grammys, I had a couple moments where I was like, "Who's that?" Completely. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had my kids around and they they schooled me on. Something. My kid is not old enough on yet, something. but I need I need a little. I need either older kids or you didn't know about more radio. You didn't know about her. I did not. There were a few. I was like, "Shazam, help me out!" All right, we're now embarrassing ourselves. So let's get to some <laughs> things that we know about. Yes, we have. Well, this is a week where we have a lot to talk about. I guess we should start with um, Jeff Bezos. Yes. AMI. I guess to recap, Jeff Bezos suddenly posted something on the website Medium, where he took the bull by the horns, so to speak, and revealed in his words that he was the victim of an extortion attempt from AMI. That's the company uh, headed by David Pecker. Uh, that, that owns the National, Enquirer. the National Enquirer. That had already published... Uh, intimate texts between him and someone with whom he was having an affair. And now that looked like they were, according to Jeff Bezos and according to some of the, the texts and the, the back and forth emails that were published, threatening him with publishing more pictures, including pictures of his... Um, ne- what, what is AMI nether, referring? Nether, nether parts? N- nether parts. <laughs> I'm not going to use that I never thought other... we would be... I never thought we'd be talking about this publicly. Genitalia. Yes. I think that's what they're called. Um, if he didn't put out a statement saying, among other things that Jeff Bezos' investigation of how the texts became 
uh, came into the possession of AMI, he would have to say that there was no political motivation behind them. Right. So that was something very important. So, and, he, and he'd been, just to make sure we're clear, he'd been, he and the investigator he was using had been out saying that they thought that the original release of those text messages in, in a January Enquirer publication, that that was politically motivated. Right. And as we know, David Pecker uh, is close to the president of the United States. And Jeff Bezos owns the Washington Post, which is an important newspaper in America that has been critical of the president. Right. And the president has attacked Jeff Bezos. So there's there's a lot of, you know, back and forth and attacks this way and that way. So it's not crazy to to worry and wonder whether or not there's some political motivation. But um, so that, that was the state of play last week. So one question that is on the table, I guess, we can talk about, given our legal backgrounds, is, is was that extortion? I mean, Jeff Bezos says flatly it was extortion and blackmail. And the question is, was it extortion? Before we even get there, just to step back for one second, it is a crazy thing that Jeff Bezos is sending around photos of himself. Partial, <laughs> like I just want to pause for a second because I feel like I've done a huge amount on internet safety, and I spent a lot of times when a lot of time when I was AG, and even still telling young people, don't take a picture of anything that you don't want to see on the front page of the paper. The like Inquirer. just don't do it. Don't do it. Like just when in doubt. And you know, I've I've seen cases of sextortion, revenge porn. This is a very serious matter. And we tell kids don't do it. We tell young people don't do it. And then you have the richest guy in the world runs one of the top companies in in the United States of America taking and sending pictures back and forth. So I just want to start by saying it's a public service announcement. So we'll <laughs> yeah, all just of you a, inside a momentary PSA. It's a pro tip. Please don't do this. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do that. At don't all. take those pictures and send them around. Um, now onto the crime. Okay. So, 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 what's your view? And then we'll, we'll look at the defenses and and talk about what AMI's lawyers are saying and David Pecker's lawyers are saying. Uh, open and shut extortion case. I don't think open and shut. I I think uh, we should talk about this a little. It's a little bit of a strange construction. So, if you and I were thinking about extortion, the typical extortion would be. I'm going to publish these nude pictures of you unless you give me a million dollars, right? Jeff Bezos or a billion dollars. But that's, Jeff Bezos. that would that would clearly be extortion. Yes, right? that's the typical case. Um, you know, the more typical cases outside of this context is, you know, the mob guy goes to the to the restaurant owner and says, "We're going to break your windows unless every week you give us a thousand dollars," right? Yeah. So there's that's more typical in the sense that there's a threat of violence, yes, and physical destruction of property in exchange for a thing of value. And there's no debate about $1,000 being something of value. Right. And so here the question is, conversations about reputation, reputational harm, can that be a thing of of value is one of the questions. I would argue very strongly, yes, that the law allows for, um, it doesn't even have to be, you know, you just talked about property. It could be something that's tangible or intangible property. And there are plenty of instances in the law where we talk about people's reputations. Yeah, should I look at this? Should we just read the statute quickly? Um, since, since people uh, may be wondering, there's there's a statute uh, on extortions in the federal code, 18 U.S.C. 875, which makes it very clear that whoever with intent to extort from any person, et cetera, et cetera, any money or thing of value, which we'll talk about more, transmits an interstate or foreign commerce, any communication, et cetera, et cetera, any threat to injure the property or reputation of the addressee shall be fined in this title and imprisoned, et cetera. So on the, on the one hand, Threat to reputation counts under mm-hmm. federal law. You know, one defense on this issue of reputation that I heard Elkin Abramowitz, who represents David Pecker on television over the weekend, and Elkin Abramowitz, I know, friendly with him. He's an alum of the Southern District of New York, a very good lawyer. 
a very accomplished lawyer and a, a very successful white collar criminal defense lawyer. Criminal defense let's be lawyer. let's be clear. He's not a you know he's not a bankruptcy lawyer or a real estate lawyer. He's a white collar criminal defense lawyer. Correct. And he one of his arguments was, well, the story was already out. It was already known that Jeff Bezos had engaged in uh, extramarital in an extramarital affair, and intimate texts had already been published. But there's a real difference with photographs and releasing partially naked photos of someone that you've. Yeah, you don't have a buy it's different, you know, yeah. go, going forward, right? There's, there's, this was going to be another tranche of stuff. And in fact, you know, almost definitionally, it was going to have a, a, a more serious effect because otherwise you would think that the, um, the National Enquirer wouldn't be threatening Completely. with it. Completely, yeah. But the whole point yeah. is if you don't do X, we're going to do Y. Yeah. And Y is going to be really harmful to you. Right. So it doesn't really fly. Not only really harmful to Jeff Bezos, but also probably really profitable for the National Enquirer. So, like, if, if we think about this, like, if they published those pics, pictures, they would have obviously, you know, would have been incredibly embarrassing and harmful to Jeff Bezos's reputation. But also, um, they were basically giving up a financial opportunity because they would have put it front page of, you know, even if they didn't show f- the full pictures, people would have bought the paper probably to see that. And so their motivation is something I'm incredibly curious about because they are desperate, you know, to be, they're basically making a deal. We've got all these photos we're not going to put out in exchange for you to say that our initial story wasn't politically motivated, which basically says to me that it was. Right. Right. And and that goes to the other side of the equation. So on the one hand, the question is, was it a threat to reputation? It seems like it, it was. And on the other hand, what is the thing that they were trying to get? What is the thing? You know, so they weren't saying, give me a thousand dollars, give me a million dollars. They were asking for a statement to be put out. And so was that a thing of value? And it seems to me that based on what you just said a second ago, along with some other circumstances, the fact that they, the fact that they were willing to forego whatever profit they would have made by selling papers if they published these photographs and other emails in exchange for a statement means that they had calculated themselves that the statement itself was incredibly valuable. I agree. And you know, I agree. the fact that they were fighting so hard to prevent um, you know, this insinuation of, of a political motivation on their own part, um, I think speaks for itself. Yeah. I mean, what's interesting also is as you're talking about this sort of two sides of this, on the one side, it's the threat to release the pictures, which the outcome, which have value. Someone would pay for those probably, right? Pay for access to those either by buying the National Enquirer or something else, but also have a reputational harm to Bezos himself. So there's reputation associated with that. But then there's reputation on the other side. It's kind of a fascinating case, which is all about AMI saying, look, you're out there saying this this stuff about us. We want you to say it's not true when, you know, as Bezos writes in, in his Medium post, I would have had to have falsely said that I didn't believe that it was politically motivated. And it's pretty clear from Bezos's the way he writes it and the references and the lead investigators publicly said they think that the original actions were politically motivated. I mean, Elkin Abramowitz says on behalf of David Pecker, you know, he doesn't represent AMI, I believe it, but he represents only David Pecker, says, no, it's not a thing of value because all they were seeking was the truth. But putting aside what the truth is or is not, you know, and I think at this point we don't fully know, but we can discuss it in a second. They were asking for a specific statement of exoneration on a particular point to be made. They're not, they weren't contrary just Contrary to saying, what had been said publicly, right? They're, they're yeah, not saying just tell the Contrary to perhaps what the investigation would have shown, right. right? Right. One of the things that went through my head when I first heard this was AMI, David Pecker, they are under a non non-prosecution agreement as part of the Michael Cohen case. And, you know, one of the things we should we should just step back and talk about AMI as a political organization. 
they did cooperate and they provided information. But remember that they were the conduit for one of the payments to one of Trump's, um, one of the women who had said, I had an affair with Donald Trump. And so the money in order to silence the woman, one, in at least one instance, went through AMI. So they did act politically on at least one occasion where they were supporting a presidential candidate. Yeah, absolutely. That's a terrific point. And also shows that unlike other companies, they're in a particularly sensitive, uh, you know, critical posture. And that is on September 20th, 2018, AMI, through counsel, signed, as you said, a non-prosecution agreement with the, the Southern, Southern District, District of New York. York. And, yeah. and, you know, it's, it's publicly available now. And so I have they a get a benefit, right? They get a huge, like, can you talk us through? Yeah, so, so, so a non-prosecution agreement um, is a gift to an individual or to a corporation. And there are various reasons you might enter into one. And it's when there is the possibility of prosecuting someone, in this case, campaign finance violation. And the U.S. Attorney's Office decides, for one reason or a multitude of reasons, to give them a little bit of a pass. And, and that could be because the crime wasn't so significant enough um, for them to, you know, extract blood. It could be that the cooperation is more important. They get to keep the company in a tight leash. Just to give you a sense of, of how, uh, you know, under the barrel. Is it under the barrel? Over the barrel? Where, Over. Where, in, where in connection with the barrel? <laughs> Not in the barrel. <laughs> Not in the barrel. Over the right? barrel. Over, Over the, the barrel? barrel? I think, okay, so they're, they're over the... Over the I'm, I'm an immigrant, I'm still learning. Um, among other things, a non-prosecution agreement says um, that AMI is not permitted to commit any other crime. For three uh, years. For three years. And if at any point during that period they commit some crime, and it doesn't have to be a federal crime, it could be any kind of crime, it could be, ta- it could be a, ta- a tax crime, it could be obstruction, it could be... Extortion. Extortion. Mm-hmm. Um, and it could be a violation of state law or federal law. They can rip up this agreement and go ahead and prosecute them for the crimes for which they forbore before. Um, and by the way, the statute of limitations during the period of this agreement is told, meaning it's, it's stopped uh, so that uh, they can bring those, those charges later. On top of that, AMI has a requirement that it shall cooperate fully with this office and any other law enforcement agency designated by this office. In addition, AMI shall provide to this office upon request any document, record, or other tangible evidence relating to matters about which this office or any designated law enforcement agency inquires of it. So so now, so just think how, how incredibly stupid it is. Yep. Even if it's the case that there's an argument that it's not slam dunk, open and shut extortion, when you're thinking about engaging in this back and forth yep. with the richest man in the world, who obviously has, you know, resources and access to counsel himself. And investigators. And you, and you know that you're under the yoke of a non-prosecution agreement. I think you want to avoid the risk of it looking like extortion. So I, I don't know. And they, they, they played a hand where they just assume probably because they do this frequently and get away with it and intimidate people. They played a hand where they just didn't think that Bezos was going to do what he did, which is to basically say, look, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to release to the world. I'm going to get ahead of it and tell everybody what's out there and tell them that I think you're trying to extort me. And so they, they played a pretty risky game, AMI in my view. Generally speaking... Because they're, you know, they're, they're getting to a fight with the richest man in the world. Um, and there's the example of Gawker that people have been talking about yeah. in connection with, with uh, the suit Peter that Hulk Hogan made. And, you know, Gawker no longer exists. And some people have been predicting, I'm not making this prediction, in the last week, that AMI is dead, is a walking dead company. But the other audience, um, intentional or not, for Jeff Bezos' post on Medium was the Southern District of New York. Right. And there are reports, and look, if I were the U.S. Attorney right now, I'd be having people in my office saying, you know, what do you think about the, the law here? What do you think about the facts here? Do you think it was extortion or not? And then they have to make a decision about whether they rip up the agreement. Now, there are some times when you, you have a cooperating 
witness or a cooperating company, and they're valuable enough that you actually don't want to rip it up because they're still providing you information about other things. But at a minimum, here they have to be considering very carefully whether they cancel the agreement. And there's three things happening. So first is whether they would cancel the non-prosecution agreement, which means that they could be prosecuted for their conduct in the catch and kill work with Michael Cohen and, and Trump that, that Michael Cohen has already pleaded guilty to. The second is whether or not the, the federal crime of extortion was committed, which I think is pretty plausible. And I would make an argument that, you know, you could make a case, you could make a case for this. Again, you know, there needs to be more investigation, but on its face, I, I would be comfortable saying, I think this would be something I would, you know, probably say, let's go to the grand jury on. Um, again, there's a lot more information you need to get, but on its face, I'm comfortable saying, you know, yes, there are things of value and that there's an attempt to basically um, strong arm someone. The last piece is that there's also a possible state law claim of extortion here that could be brought. Now, I don't know if there'll be a state investigation, but for that non-prosecution agreement, it does go away if there's either a state or federal prosecution. And they're required to cooperate with state authorities also. Here's the other thing about what you just said, which is so important, that unlike in the normal scenario, where you're investigating something being extortion or not. So, you know, some rich person puts out a post and says, I've been extorted. The Southern District of New York, like any other prosecutor's office, would have to, you know, send agents, um, ask for voluntary cooperation, issue subpoenas, do all sorts of things, and they could be resisted and they could be fought in court. These guys are already under an obligation right, to, cooperate. to provide every email, yeah. every text, every draft. They have no excuse not to provide anything that the U.S. Attorney's Office wants. So this investigation into whether or not it's extortion can happen more rapidly and can happen more thoroughly because, as I said, they're already under the yoke of this non-prosecution agreement. And then a fourth thing, beyond the three you already mentioned, is now you've awakened investigators to this idea of, are there other extortions? Right. I agree. Are and there Bezos other mentions that and says a lot of people told us they had to pay because they didn't have a choice. They had to sort of make a deal with AMI because they didn't have a choice. Yeah. And, and for now, the scope of the agreement is that AMI was not supposed to commit any crimes uh, Subsequent to the signing of the agreement, which here is September 20th, 2018, and also, and obviously everything that happened with Jeff Bezos is in the recent time period. So as an initial matter, I would not be shocked if the prosecutors in SDNY said, not only do we want all the documents relating to this alleged extortion. We want everything. We want everything yes. relating to any possible extortion or any possible blackmail Anytime, since this date. And then maybe yes. you start going before that too. And so- it, Any it, instance it, where they have text messages or photos that they did not publish. It, it's one of the most self-destructive business decisions, it seems, was made. And then you have to ask the question. Why? If you assume people, at least, you know, Jeff Bezos was, was acting in a way, presumably, you know, for personal reasons, and that happens- but this was a, a business that cared so much about getting a declaration that political motivations were not at play in publishing these photos and emails that this is what they were prepared to risk it makes you wonder. I mean, there are a couple of other things. First of all, they didn't even, they made five months under the non-prosecution agreement. They didn't even make six months. I mean, that, like, <laughs> right. if, if you're sitting in the U.S. Attorney's Office, you have to be sitting there basically being like, these people, like, what are you possibly thinking? And it's blatant and it's brazen, oh, it's brazen. and it's stupid. And when people do it, when, you know, when people do that, you, you then start to think to yourself. They do it all the time. They do it all the time. Exactly. And what else are they doing? Yep. And the question of whether or not AMI uh, has committed a crime, the agreement as we understood it was not that. You know, you could only rip it up after you're prosecuted for a crime and convicted of a crime. It's in the estimation of the U.S. Attorney's Office. And obviously, it has to be a good faith estimation. So if there was flimsy evidence, I suppose AMI could go to court and say, we didn't commit the crime. You would have some sort of mini hearing on the issue of whether or not the contract had to be enforced. But, you know, if, if the U.S. Attorney's Office decides, essentially in its discretion and in good faith, 
that there is enough evidence of a crime, separate apart from whether or not they charge that crime, the agreement can be ripped up. And let's just talk for a second about how an investigation into the extortion here would go, which is that, you know, I think you would open up a grand jury investigation. You'd bring in, you obviously have access to a lot of emails, probably um, you could get access to the full investigation that was done by Jeff Bezos as an investigator. You would you would immediately subpoena and ask for, for that information. You'd also subpoena AMI, or I mean, hopefully they'd cooperate, but you'd get all the emails and all the back and forth, as you said, not just on this, but on other matters. And so, you know, on its face, it appears to be criminal. But what you would do is go further to make sure that, you know, Bezos has, has he's given one version, his version of events. It seems to me very credible based on what we've seen. But as an investigation, you would want to go out and get everything you possibly could, find out who they talked to, start interviewing witnesses, bringing people into the grand jury, and just be really thorough about that. So I, I always hesitate before I say, yes, I would charge a crime because I want to know sort of the 360 of something that's happened. Yeah, absolutely. The odd thing about this is um, that I, I think as of yesterday, Sunday, we're recording this on Monday morning, Jeff Bezos has indicated that his investigation has concluded that he was not hacked. It doesn't look like the emails and the photographs were obtained by hacking by, uh, you know, a government agency, which was suggested in the Medium Post. Yep. But that it came to the attention of AMI and the National Enquirer because the person with whom uh, Jeff Bezos was having the affair has a brother named Michael Sanchez. And I guess they have concluded in reporting that you and I have both seen that it was the brother who had access to this. Now, is he guilty of a crime? Right. So, yeah. So, so there has been public re- public reporting that it's a brother, and let's just stop on him for one second because he is also something of a fascinating character. And you know, uh, there's no dull characters here. <laughs> I know some of it you just can't make up. So, you know, a close associate of Roger Stone in communication with Roger Stone um, within days of Roger Stone being arrested on charges being brought by Mueller's team for for charges of um, of lying to Congress and. Um, trying to prevent a witness from testifying. He's also associated with Car- Carter Page, who's another character in the sort of, I don't know, Trump campaign scandals about coordination with the Russian government. And he's a he's a big pro-Trump supporter. And so I think that's where some of the questions about political motivation have also come in. Um, now, there, I have a lot of questions about how he got access. If it's him, as has been publicly reported, let's just add one small caveat that he has not acknowledged that it's him. Like, there's there's still some pieces out there. Um, but if it's him, I have questions about how he got access to his sister's phone. But yeah, probably it's a crime. Um, and, you know, we need, we need to know more information. But photos belong to a private person. If, for example, he gave his if she'd given him her password and said, you can always be on my phone, you can take any pictures off, that's not going to be criminal. There's going to have to... Or, been... or if she forwarded some of them. Exactly. If she forwarded she said, them to hey, her guess brother. What? Exactly. Here's, here's Jeff Bezos. Completely. Then it's not a crime. If she did not have knowledge that he was taking them off her phone, that's that's where I think an investigation into him is really warranted. Again, it kind of depends on their relationship and how this came to pass. But it is, you know, can you even imagine it's her brother, right? I mean, it's it's one of those moments, it's... I don't know what the name of like one of those Greek plays is where like you you almost can't make up that tragedy. Yeah, it's like a it's one of the tragedies. Yeah, but, but, but the, the relevance in part of whether or not Michael Sanchez is subject to criminal prosecution is as we've been talking about for many many months now, and everyone's getting schooled on this. It makes him amenable to flipping. Right. So if he has, um, you know, the hammer on him, maybe he has information about other people. You said he's close to Roger Stone. Oh, I forgot he's to say one other yeah. thing. He's also close to the chief content officer at AMI, Dylan Howard, who sent the first 
email. He's the guy that sent the first email to Bezos where he lists, he sort of characterizes all the pictures that they have. Um, and, you know, my favorite part is the last line saying no editor would want to have to send an email like this, right? right? It Basically it gives extorting me no you, right? It gives me no pleasure to um, put you over the barrel. Uh, yeah. But anyway, they also have a personal relationship, a long-standing personal relationship. It's also crazy that it was in an email. It's crazy. You know, <laughs> and one of them was sent by the deputy general counsel of AMI. And so, you know, they're going to say, look, this was, well, Elkin Abramowitz already said it. This was a legal negotiation. And so they're going to try to use the lawyers as a way um, to say, well, this wasn't extortion. This was a legal negotiation. Now, you can't use a lawyer to commit extortion, right? I mean, it's sort of, you can't do through a backdoor. I mean, in other words, you, you, I mean, you can, but that doesn't immunize it. Exactly. Oh, you, you, sure, you can do it, for, yeah. but it doesn't exactly. It doesn't make it. doesn't it, cleanse it of the extortionate intent. It can still be a crime, right? right. Yeah. That's I mean, a better way to say it. It's sort of a, you know, a, a clever way of, of disguising something. If, if the mob sends a lawyer to the restaurant and says, if you don't give my guy $1,000 a week. The, I'm going to burn down your restaurant. I'm going to burn down your yeah. restaurant. Be ashamed if something happened to your restaurant. Still a crime. Still a crime. Still a crime. Lawyer or no lawyer. I saw Alan Dershowitz over the weekend also talking about the First Amendment. And, you know, the First Amendment is very important. Um, Especially, yes, it is. But it is is not, you know, it's like like saying, and not to oversimplify it and to mock it too much, but in the same way that you show up at someone's door and you say, if you don't give me $1,000, I'm going to burn your house down. That speech is not protected. Exactly. (laughs) Also a crime. You know, clear extortion versus murkier extortion is not protected by the First Amendment, no and matter look, what people say. AMI could have gone out and said, Jeff Bezos is an idiot, he's a jerk, he treats people terribly, all fine. It's different when your language actually crosses the line. And the, the case law is pretty clear on this. And so I'm sure Alan Dershowitz would say, I mean, he, he sort of said everything is covered by the First Amendment, but that's just not the case. I mean, words can, in fact, be criminal. And so, you know, I, I, I think it's worth always keeping in mind um, particularly freedom of the press and First Amendment issues, but I don't see it here. I hope you've enjoyed this sample of the Cafe Insider podcast. To hear the rest of the episode, become a member now at cafe.com slash insider and get access to all insider content. That's cafe.com slash insider.